The Electrician Podcast, powered by Schneider Electric. We're bringing you the electrical industry experts you need to hear to discuss the topics you need to know about. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us on this new season of The Electrician Podcast, powered by our friends over at Schneider Electric. My name is Adam Callow. I'm the founder and CEO of Expert Trades, and I am joined by my co-host, the guy I like to get in trouble with, have a bit of banter with, and always beat at Sparky Games, Harrison. H, how are you? I am good, and he doesn't always beat me, by the way. we He often does, because, you know, I need to stroke his ego sometimes, but <laughs> I like to let him win. But, you know, join the group, check out Sparky Games if you haven't already, because we've got a lot of good stuff coming very, very soon. You know what? I'm going to use this as a, a shameless opportunity to plug Sparky Games. If you're thinking, what is this Sparky Games? Well, the long and short of it is there's a Facebook group called The Electrician Group. And Schneider, who power that group, creates so much great content in the form of webinars, PDFs, downloadable, anything to support the electrician. They create loads of cool stuff. They are a content powerhouse. But we also know that part of being on Facebook is having a bit of fun because we know that most Sparks, specifically, are the sole traders. Lonely job. So we've been given the task. And to be honest, I don't know how we managed to get paid to do some of the stuff that we do. I'm just going to be really, really frank with you. We've been given a very easy remit, which is go and have some fun with that community. Like we need to create a space that sparks learn, but as well as have some fun throughout the weeks. So it's dead simple. There's swag drops that's run by Laura. Uh, we have competitions and we go live every couple of weeks. And that's a, a way to have a bit of fun. Me and H go head to head and you can win some prizes. Uh, and I believe there was over a thousand pounds worth of prizes yep. given away in the last season of Sparky Games. If that's of interest and you're on Facebook, head over there, have some fun. And for me personally, looking forward to doing potentially a live version of some of the games Ooh, soon. Ooh, yeah. teaser, teaser. People are thinking, what on earth are Sparky Games? Guys. They're gonna and they're gonna go over and see it and like and they'll be like this is Sparky Games. <laughs> <laughs> but the people that do that will definitely go back through the records yeah. uh, because we've had uh, pregnancy simulators where we electrocute each other. We've eaten chilies. Uh, we've danced in a fake nightclub trying to bounce balls out of a box tied to our behind. Uh, we've had some fun. So guys, that's uh, that's our way of making that group a little bit more fun. So it's the perfect opportunity as a spark to go and get the education that you need as well as make some friendships in the community. Uh, because you know, you might be on site one day and you need a bit of help. Uh, and that's good community in that group. Really great, good. Great community in that group. So, bit of a segue as well. It's a nice opportunity to say from that group is how you can participate in this season of the podcast. And you're probably thinking, what on earth has a Facebook group got to do with the podcast? Well, in that group, there's some great questions being asked. And we wanted to get more of those questions onto the show because I guess the truth of it is some of those questions can help a lot of sparks. And the audience for this podcast is growing pretty quickly. And thank you for that, by the way. Also, if this is the first time you listen to it, hit subscribe, get notified every time the show goes live. So what we're going to do is create an opportunity for you to ask any questions that you've got as a spark about how you can build your business and make 2022 your best year in business yet. So either myself, a member of the Expert Trades team, or more likely an expert in the field of your question, we're going to find the answers out, play your question, and get it answered on the show for you. So you can take that, use that, and grow your business this year. So we put a little teaser into the group the other day. We had a bunch of questions. And today we're going to answer one of those questions to give you an idea of 
I guess, the sorts of stuff we're going to answer, how to ask the perfect question, uh, because I believe James nailed it here with the intro. Um, also, the speed in which he spoke at. Sounds like he's done radio before. Oh, absolutely. He's a good guy. H, how do you want to do this? Do you want to, should we play the question? Yeah, I'll play it now. Hi, guys. This is James, Eastside Electrical Services out of uh, North Essex. My question is, what would you say is the first steps of growth? I mean, I get plenty of work, but I'm hesitant to take the next steps, take someone on and push for more work. Because what if it dries up? I'm letting someone down. Any advice would be great. Thank you. So James asked a fantastic question about growth in his business. Uh, basically, what are the first steps of growth and how do you ensure work continues to come in? When you've got increased, you know, staff, more team members, but also more costs as well, mm -hmm. right? So the question is like, how do you grow without the fear of everything drying up? Yeah, it's. I love this question when it came in. To be honest, I thought it was a great one to start the podcast because I guess it's one that I can try and answer and uh, try and search some light on. Because and, and, and we've actually like we hear this from a lot of guys as well, mm -hmm. known from the expert trades community. There, there, that barrier that all these guys seem to hit is like oh, i want to take on more guys but i'm not sure about the work like i've got too much for me but if there's two of us there's nowhere near enough like it's there's obviously a tipping point where a lot of people get to and to james's question it's like when do you pull the trigger and how do you make sure that that is the right time yeah and even just here i really appreciate you playing it back like that as well because it gets my brain going even just hearing it played back like that, there's a number of different things to unpackage here. Um, I like you say, I guess if people are just thinking, Adam introduced himself at the top of the show, what is Expert Trades? We started Expert Trades in 2013. We're kind of this mission in mind, which is how do we help trades professionals run this professional and profitable business? Mm -hmm. So we sort of spent the last eight years helping with this. And I guess the first thing to cover off, which maybe a lot of people skip over this, is... Like, why do you even want to grow? Mm. Like, is it is it just because you think you should or you're busy? And it's really asking yourself that question. It's like, well, why are you in business in the first place? Like, what is it you're trying to achieve by running your own business? Because I know a lot of the sports listen to this. They would probably agree with the statement that life would be easier if I just got a day job. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's hard running your own business. There's lots of stuff around running your own business that make it painful. It means you're sort of like always on, you're always switched on. And I think unless you kind of know what you're trying to achieve through your business, because your business should be this vehicle for you to get the lifestyle that you want. Like we, we work to live, we don't live to work sort of attitude. And that's probably said that a lot recently in different in different channels and different content we're doing, but that's really sticking with me right now. Uh, because I think it sort of resonates around this question, which is like, why are you in business in the first place? So we can make some assumptions here, which is, well, well, interestingly, just to jump in, he, the the way James asked the question was like, I always get work. Mm -hmm. um, so he's obviously thinking, I'm super busy all the time. I get all this work. I could potentially grow the team. But to your to your point is like, why are you trying to do that? Should you keep taking on work and just get busier and busier? Mm -hmm. Is bringing in another guy going to make your life easier? Or are you just bringing in more people to take on more work? And what, what does the result actually look like at that point? Yeah, because there's this argument that you end up just like a busy fool, yeah. uh, like with lots of team members. Or five busy fools. <laughs> or f five busy fools, managing a team of yeah. busy fools, which doesn't sound very fun. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess to James's point, he's probably, I'm going to make a bunch of assumptions here, James, and I hope some of them land with what you're thinking. But if they don't land directly with you, they might land with someone else that's listening. The way that it sort of like is phrased 
what it makes me think is you kind of see there's an opportunity here to, to grow. And let's just assume that growing means making more money. And it's really important we define money here. It's not revenue. Like that is just a vanity number in the business. Mm-hmm. Like everyone needs to make sure we're not ever measuring the business on turnover or revenue. Um, like there's this whole thing which is like turnover is vanity and profit is sanity. Let's let's all be sane business owners here and think about this. Like we're talking about profit. So James is thinking there's an opportunity here to make more profit in this business. So it goes, okay, so I'm busy. So the natural thing is, is put someone else into the business because I can then do more work, charge more customers, make more money. Um, and I just want to like punch in there for a second, which is, there's actually a couple more levers you can pull in the business first. And the first one might be, well, I don't want to take on people. You might not be a people person. You might hate the idea of having someone else to manage. One of the biggest pushbacks we hear in our community is like, I don't trust anybody else. Mm. Because a lot of the businesses, they're built in a way that it's it's very tied to the owner. It's like a personal business. It's a sole trader business. It's your customers know James. Like James comes and does the work. Yeah, and it's also as well because a lot of these guys are sort of self-employed. When they take people on, sometimes what you see happen is people join a company, they get their experience, and then they decide, you know what, I want to go out on my own now. So you take on guys that are supposed to help you, and then understandably they think, well, I I just want to become Mm self-employed myself. So then you end up losing the very guys that you've spent time, money, and energy training up. So it's that challenge of like keeping the team and making them – satisfied to still be working you with you as well which is i think it's a great observation because like that's one of the big risks and fears of like hiring someone new there's and i guess that might be a good little avenue to go down which like what are the risks and the fears of, mm. of trades stopping themselves from grow, air quotes growing the business and like the first one is my customers are used to seeing me this new person might not live up to the standard of work that i deliver I don't really believe in that as a objection because I think that kind of comes down to, let's just use James here. Like it's your responsibility to find uh, hire and then train mm-hmm. that person. Uh, and that all comes down to just building processes in the business. This is how we interact with customers. Even down to like when we go into a house, we put overshoes on because we respect the customer's property. Mm-hmm. Like the, all that stuff needs to be documented. Um, and if the idea, I guess if someone's listening to that saying, They've already like turned the <laughs> podcast off. Like, hold on, I've got to like document this thing yeah. here, and I've got to have a process. Sadly, yeah, you do because the the new person coming in isn't going to care about your business as much as you will. They never will. They're just an employee. Respectfully, they will never care about your baby as much as you do. So you have to tell them how to care. You have to tell them what to do, uh, and that's the job. You sort of move from like on the tools to like on the business more. And if the idea of like managing someone having check-ins with them, checking their values are aligned, making sure that customers, you have to collect customer feedback and make sure they're following the process. If the just the idea of managing someone isn't for you, then hiring and scaling that way mm. isn't for you. And, and I guess that doesn't mean you can't make more money. That just means you have to pull the other lever, which is price and profitability. Yeah. Um, so let's just jump onto that for a sec, like just to box that one off, which is, if James is like already thinking, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to build a process. It's all in my head. I'm happy here. I just want to be a more profitable version of myself. Cool. Look at your pricing structure. Um, if you've got loads of work coming in, there will be a point where you keep raising your prices. The whole supply and demand curve will hit this peak where it's like, actually, 
your prices are at max, you're 80% busy, but you're 100% happy. That doesn't sound like a downside to me. Mm-hmm. If you are charging more, doing less work, and having a better lifestyle, and, and the money that you're earning is giving you the lifestyle that you actually want, that feels like a win. Like It doesn't always mean more money equals more happiness. So like if you understand and define what you want the business to do, then you can work out what lever to pull. So James might be thinking, cool, I'm just going to increase my prices by 20%. And if his conversion rate drops off a cliff, and all of a sudden he's got no work, all right, you dialed it up too much. Like Find that sweet spot, play with your pricing, and get to the point that actually you're, the, you're a happy, profitable version of yourself, and you're getting the lifestyle you want. Cool, mate. You've ticked the box. Let's just part that. That's like mm-hmm. the option. If he's like, actually, I do want to hire someone. I'm happy to do the process stuff that you said earlier. That doesn't scare me. But the thing that you raise scares him, which is, I'm going to bring someone in. They're going to like learn my process, meet all my customers, mm-hmm. and I'm going to invest in them in training, in vans, in embroidered workwear. They're going to represent me. And then three years down the line, they're just going to go, actually, I see how much we uh, we quote these customers. Like, James is making a killing here. Yeah. I'm just going to go do that myself. That's a genuine fear i get that um i think the way to combat that is you got to try and find it's this whole thing which is like hiring hiring slow and firing fast and i don't want to jump onto the firing stage of it but the hiring slow part of it is really important because you need to find someone who is sort of aligned and if you can find a great engineer who you think would represent your company well I, I genuinely, as, a, as an individual, believe in like complete transparency, like communicating with absolute candor, which is like, hey, here's one of my fears right now, A, B, and C. And understanding that what that person, their aspirations are on a three, five, 10-year window. And if they say, well, actually, in five, 10 years, I, I kind of like the idea of running my own business. Great, you, you, you kind of know where you stand. And that necessarily doesn't mean it's a non-starter. Like if you can build a strong relationship up, you could, I would then potentially angle that and say, well, why would you just start your own business? There's all this stuff that you don't see that a business owner has to go through. And if you are really looking to scale, you might bring that first person in and say, well, I'll just give you some equity in this business if it goes well. Like there's a, mm-hmm. there's a number of tools here to make that person feel like an owner. Because the truth of it is people want the upside of being an owner, but they don't want all the headache of what it is to run your own business. Well, and, and that, that's literally what we was initially talking about, right? It's like people want to grow, but then when they realize, oh, this means managing X, Y, Z and mm-hmm. doing this, that, and the other. Like if you can have that conversation with your now first hire, which could be your number two, you can explain that like, I'm going to become more of a managerial role and you're going to be sort of the new face of the business. Like, I guess if you can structure it in such a way where at least the first couple of guys that you take on feel like they also own the business and whether that means equity or just, I don't know, maybe a salary that kind of you don't need to manage, but you get the salary so long as you like follow the the values of the company. Like, I guess you can compensate people in different ways to make them feel like they are as big a part of the business as James in this case would be. And there's two ways you can hire in this game. There's one there's finding an engineer that's been in the game for, I don't know, three, five, 10 years, whatever the number is, but they've ran their own business. And those people who have the war wounds of dealing with customers, doing the VAT returns, and just want to be on the tools and not have all the headache of like running a business, that then want to then join an organization, but still feel like they've got, like that's the ideal candidate. That's like the unicorn you've got to go and try and find, which is someone that is like experienced that can get on the tools and get the job done effectively and that whole how you onboard someone and check they can actually do the job efficiently that's probably another question for another show but 
finding someone that's got the war wounds and knows the pain of running a business wants the upside of like the profit share that we spoke about earlier mm. that's for me would be like my target like i want to grow i want to find that person um the second option is like finding someone and molding them into the business so like finding an apprentice who doesn't have all this baggage that the other person might have of like well i don't do it that way james that's not how i do this thing and you go well that's how we do and that, that might lead to conflict mm. again head that off in the interview process this is the process that we have in the business is that a concern for you how do you do it how would you improve it that all comes down to like hr and if we want to punch into like how to effectively like go through a recruitment process happy to um and by the way guys just as a i guess just a a point to share some context of the last three years i've done like one-to-one training with specifically electricians and heat engineers as they've scaled the business so i'm really close to this in terms of even down to the channels that people hire happy to share it all on the show but i guess i wanted to share that because in the back of my head i don't want people thinking well how have you you've never hired a yeah. spark what are your credentials adam yeah i've i've helped who are you I, I've to tell me ten, tens <laughs> of uh heat engineers and sparks sort of scale their business through a product we do at expert trades um that is no longer available by the way <laughs> <laughs> uh, just because it well, got so time consuming but yeah. I love it we're packaging it up into courses and bits like that moving yeah. forward um, but it was a great learning experience for three years um, so that's where all the I guess the the thoughts I have are coming from they're from real world context that's mm-hmm. why I'm so close to it yeah and you've built your own business right I know it's like not one to one translation but you've learnt lessons on your journey that you've been through and taught engineers and things like that to actually apply to their own business so it's not like you're just winging this yeah, so that's I think it's a very <laughs> polite way of Harry pointing out that I've done this and made loads of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's witnessed a lot of the mistakes I've made through the hiring Been process. Been there through thick and thin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to share all those war wounds with you as well through like this, because mm-hmm. I think this year, these questions, these segments on the show, this is where I get probably most excited because I think you might pick up a nugget on one of these podcasts that gives you the energy and enthusiasm to make the business what you want it to be in 2022, whether that's really profitable version of just one or going from one to 10. I think it's possible. It's in you. You just need to have the plan to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so finding that person to mold them uh, as an apprentice, they're out of the baggage. I think that's interesting. It's a completely different type of hire though, because in theory, what you're going to have to do is you are gonna have to go slow to move fast. Uh, and that can be painful to people. And what I mean by that is James hires an experienced engineer. They can kind of get on the tools. They, they don't need handholding. You just say, here's the jobs. Here's what needs to be done. Give me a call if there's a problem. Whereas the apprentice, James is actually going to have to spend more time training, which means he's going to be less productive, less output, less money for a period until that apprentice becomes, I guess, operationally effective enough that they can actually go and make money, deal with clients and add value to the company. So there will be a period and you have to go into that relationship knowing that for a period of time, you're going to potentially make less money because you have to invest in that person. They're not, you're hiring an apprentice for a reason that they need training. You can't sort of, negate that and go oh no you can just go and see these customers now you're now an extra set of hands to do more work there's an investment in that person so it's like slowing down to speed up in the future yeah i I think though you can also have a similar not the exact same scenario but you might for for a guy that's been on the tools for five ten years whatever they it's like when you learn to drive right you pick up loads of bad habits so if you try and teach someone that's new to it you're going to teach them everything that you know and if you take someone on that's got that experience and they might compared to your process might have some bad habits in air quotes you're still going to have to spend time having that tough conversation say look we don't do that like this here like i want you to change x y or z and that might feel um frictional for a period to try and get that across to people so again like 
there's still going to be a, a a period of time where you're having to deal with the guys that you've taken on to sort of to get them in the business working the way that you want them to. So there's still an investment of time, even if they're fresh out of college or they've been on the tools for 10 years, I think. Yeah, great point. And Harry did this hand gesture with friction, which sort of made me think. Two fists grinding. And the thing that kind of, I guess, I want to share is like, hey, I've been dealing with tradespeople for like my entire working career. And I think some of them are thinking, I'm happy to have those high friction conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree, you probably are, but there is a way to deliver it uh, <laughs> yeah. because there's uh, this person you need to get aligned with. So don't think of it as like sitting opposite with that person on a table. Think of it as like going for a walk and sharing with them. And a tool that I love to use, which I didn't use early doors, but it made me a better manager, uh, was we don't blame people, we blame process. So if something doesn't go right, it's because I have failed to communicate the process we do at Expert Trades, as an example. So if if Harry dropped the ball with a client, as an example, left a, left an F-bomb in this podcast, and I'd be like, H. Of which there's many. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd be like, H. Um, we don't we don't, don't f and do it we again. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't curse on the show. Uh, I haven't trained you on that properly, or we haven't got the right process mm-hmm. in. So when you're doing your editing process, can you just do me a favor? Look, this is tick sheet. Just just tick that box and let me know there's no cursing in that episode before it goes live for the world to hear. Um, that's an example. Never happened, by the way. Um, but that's sort of like how we think about blaming the process and not the person because it creates this alignment with you and that new hire. Mm. Uh, and that is often the biggest challenge for people when they're growing the business from one like to many. So like one to two is the biggest leap. One to three, one to five. It gets easier then because you kind of know what you need to do. That first hire is really challenging. Yeah, and then just to, just before we wrap up, there was another key point here I think we've um, we need to cover as well. It's like... James said he's busy. He's got the work coming in, mm-hmm. and one of the one of the we one of the simple answers, without trying to sound just too blunt, is is like, what if the work dries up? But the simple answer is, we'll make sure you're still busy. And like, I know that's like that doesn't help. Just like get more work. Yeah. But I think it's important to like. There's that transition again of like, yeah, I've got work coming in. Well, you need to just make sure. Maybe the transition is you need to be taking on more work than you as an individual can take. And then that's maybe a sign that you need another engineer or you need to stop saying yes. Yeah, um, I'm glad you raised that actually. So I forgot that was part of the question. Um, I have a really simple process for this. Again, this is what we rolled out with everyone that I was working with. Think about taking on, especially your first hire, as placing a bet. So I think it's a very easy way to think about the logic of when and how to hire. So what I mean by that is there is a risk naturally all the time when trying to expand your business. So like, how do we mitigate that risk? How do we reduce the the risk of ruin to your business by taking on new hikes? What you just played back was, I take someone on, that person might have responsibilities, they might have family, they have a mortgage, and I now all of a sudden I'm going to get sleepless nights because I need to keep my business running, not just for me and my bills, but for mm. that person and their bills. And it's a huge responsibility. I get it. Um, so I like to think of it as, okay, how do we create a really transparent environment for this new hire where I've got enough money in the bank and enough runway that I can place a bet that is long enough time frame to give this person and the business a chance of success, but is defined to the point that I'm not going to keep trying to pay this person's salary if the business can't support it. So the process that I rolled out is, okay, how much is this new hire going to cost? There's an upfront cost. Well, let's just make up a number freeze. Let's say that upfront cost is five grand. Let's say that's hiring, like paying a recruiter's fees, which are like extortionate, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's 
the van, potentially like a lease for the van, some tools, some workwear, phones, whatever you decide to include in your package. Let's just call that five grand. And then you're saying, well, okay, how much is an engineer? And the guys, by the way, these aren't real numbers. I don't know what you guys pay, but let's just call that four grand a month. This engineer is being paid a grand a week for his work or her work. And we go, okay, so there's a five grand setup fee, we'll call it. And there's a four grand monthly ongoing fee. Okay. That's a that's a massive wedge of money. All a, of a a bit, taken it, on. It, it's a big wedge, but you have to put it in pounds and mm. pence because what someone will be doing is saying, "I'm busy enough for two engineers. I need to go on high someone. Do the maths. So you go, okay. So this person, if they weren't working at all, making any profit for the business, going to take four grand out my bank every month. I want at least three months worth of salary for that person in the bank before I place this bet, because then you can have a straight thinking straight process, straight conversation with this new hire and say, hey, cool H, want to bring you into the business. We're going to get you set up with A, B and C and we're going to put you on a three month probation because we want to make sure this is a good fit for both of us. So what James has to do right now is get 17 grand in the bank, three times 12 plus the five for setup. So he needs to work and graft in his own business to generate as much profit as he can to put 17 grand into, into this, let's just call it, I use Starling account, which is like a space. Put 17 grand aside and go, I want to place a bet in my business on a new hire and expansion. And if that goes to zero and generates no value, I am still in business. I have learned a lot and I can just carry on. So work out what that number is, put that aside and then place the bet. Because then what you're doing is you're approaching it in a way that won't keep you up at night. Straight conversation with the person that you're hiring, probation period, define it as that. And then you can make it work. And it isn't going to cost you the full 17 because that person will be out working and generating revenue and profit. But you can then also have a defined period and sort of like this stop loss in terms of like, I'm not going to bleed this business dry or risk destroying my business for this hire. And if after that probation period, you get to the end of it, a week out, you sit down, look at the numbers. Is it getting worse or is it getting better in terms of are they making more and more money every single month and work's growing and we're making more money? Or is this just pot just bleeding and I need to get rid of this person? If it's the first one, great. Work out if you want to extend the bet. If it's the second one, you need to get rid of this person, get rid of them. Like mm. as soon as you know you need to get rid of them, get rid of them. You can do it in a considerate way delivered with empathy, which is fine, but you need to get rid of them. And it's but, you, but you've managed expectations at that 100%. point if you've had the conversation saying, look, this is a three-month trial period. And when you're at the end of it, you're not all of a sudden pulling out of thin air like, mm, I'm going to need to let you go and I've not given you a reason why. You've actually already had the conversation and everyone's gone in knowing the situation. 100%. And I would even be like weekly or bi-weekly updating that person, mm -hmm. which is, uh, actually, John, we need you like we need you out on the road an extra two hours because just the numbers aren't stacking up at the moment. Yeah, and you can you can even share the numbers potentially 100%. as well. I it's think like this is this is what this is where we're at to give us all both a buffer if it's not working and you'll get to see if it is or isn't on a bi-weekly basis. And you, again, it just makes everything a little bit easier. Yeah, 100%. Because at the end of the day, the world is small and you don't want to burn bridges. And I believe, yes, it might make the recruiting process a little bit different to what you're expecting as an engineer. But if you can get yourself on the same side of the table, make this person feel like an owner and make them feel like if I grow this business, there's more upside for me and I don't have to deal with all the day-to-day -day headache of being a business owner, that feels like a win-win for everybody. And it, if it doesn't work out, what has to happen is you have to let go of that person. But then you don't just move on. You do like a whole retrospective of like what happened here. Because mm -hmm. you've placed a bet. There's so much learnings in that time period for you as a business owner that might mean, okay, I dropped the ball in these three areas. I didn't do this, didn't do that, bled money there. I actually want to have another go at this. 
cool, you know what to do. Build the buffer, place another bet. I promise you, if you do that and you iterate that process over time, you will make it work. How do I know that? Because it happens all the time. People go from one to two, one to five, one to 10. They build big companies from just one person. It's possible. Mm-hmm. But you have to approach it in a logical way. And I believe the way that you win in this space is with transparency, with empathy, and with process. That's my top tip for you, James. Well, James, hopefully uh, the past 30-odd minutes has really answered your question <laughs> there. Um, I've super enjoyed this conversation, Adam. I thought it was, um, I think it's, it's something that we get a lot. And I think what we've at least touched on has hopefully made it just like added more fuel for a conversation over in the Facebook group. Uh, and on that note, if you do have a question, just like James asked, head over to Facebook, search for the electrician group powered by Schneider Electric. You'll see a post or a link in there. Click the link, ask your question. Don't forget to tell us who you are. Um, and we will jump on the mics and record another episode just like this one. This was quite a meaty one that we mm-hmm. dived into today. It might be, a, if you don't think that your question's worthy of a podcast, don't worry. We're more than happy to jump on and just spend five or 10 minutes just having a quick chat and answering the question. So yeah, any questions you've got, jump in the group, ask away. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your podcast player of choice. Uh, but until next time, Adam, any final words? Yeah, one parting piece of advice. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So Mm. if you want to grow, take a shot. Shoot for the stars, you might land on the moon. (laughs) (laughs) And until next time, guys, see you later. Thanks for listening. If you are enjoying this show, please leave a review. Hit subscribe and stay tuned for more episodes.